Well, greetings and welcome to The Dividing Line. You're not going to believe... Uh, you need to understand, the, the, uh, the authorities in Moscow, Idaho, they have particular priorities. And right now their priority is to protect any tree, um, any light pole, and any telephone pole from stray stickers that might in some way be construed as insulting toward the city council. And therefore, they are allowing dangerous people in and out of the city. And in this case, out of the city, uh, because the entire cross-politic crew escaped from Moscow and have landed in Phoenix, and they're here in the big studio. With the and plus one. With plus one, that's right. I mean, they, they, they figured they weren't big enough, so they had to bring Delano in just simply to sort of add to the, uh, add to the, the gravitas, as we learned many, many years ago. But, uh, hey, guys, what in the world are you guys doing in my studio? What's, what's going on here? Well, there were some other orders that came in that we got from Moscow and it said protect James White at all costs. And so... From what? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that after I the show. I haven't put any stickers on any telephone poles. We'll talk about that after the show. Yeah, WHO. Oh, yeah, yeah. We New do need help order. from that. There's no two ways about it. You. No, you guys are, you guys are, are cross-politic liberty tool, tools of liberty, the five stones of true freedom. Why did you have to do five stones? Because that's, you know, people like five points of Calvinism and stuff like that, or, you know. We're Presbyterians. I mean, that, that should answer your question. Yeah, that, you know, five points. five, what is, you know, I mean. Yeah. I we almost know. did five Cs. Oh, we, you know, oh okay. Five tools Okay, okay cool. So, <laughs> so is this the beginning or the end of your tour? This is the last this stop. Is the last we actually stop. started um, Texas. Uh, in Texas in March, and then we went to Rapid City in April, and then now Phoenix here um, and everything. So it's been, been a fun little uh, tour that sure. we, we tried to kind of put together, and we we thought last year we did a conference in Rapid City, and instead of doing a conference in the springtime, we decided to do a a, a tour um, once a month and everything. So that's why I ended up happening. Wow. And it's, it's been pretty cool. So James, wow. you're, you're too big and popular to understand how this works. You're been no, doing no, this no, for years, no, 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 no. Everyone's afraid to have me do anything for them. Yeah. So well, I well, I just sort of. Well, except you guys. You, you guys are the only people left that will actually go, yeah, we'll survive it. We'll <laughs> We've got Doug. And so, who, how can we get damaged anymore than, than, uh, than having Doug? Because he, he's constantly poking people in the eye with sticks and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, you're the only guys that will do that. But you even put up with my daughter. Well, we love you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's the only reason you guys put up with me. Well, that's true. Is she made you culpable. Yeah, uh, that's easy right, that's to right. absorb. I'm just I'm now just Summer's dad. So and she I'm, was the and Dr. I'm Pepper. You were the Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> that was, so that's what we call a gayism. I've sat next to him a couple times now, and it's always sort of scary. I'm, I'm always sort of sitting there going, "What is just smiling?" That's, that's what I try to do every time I'm up there. But uh, part of our plan with the tour has kind of been, you know, uh, right now we start doing conferences in 2020, uh, right at the shutdown. That's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God thought it was perfect. Well, I mean, we had—I think we were probably the only in-person, yeah. mask-free conference in 2020. Outside of the beginning of January. And, and we had almost 1,000 people there yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. for our first conference in an indoor soccer 
arena so because, because we'd gotten kicked out of our other conference building three weeks before right. and the only building that would take, I told the other building I said we'll pay your thousand dollar fine a day and they said no we can't do it so I had to find a, a building that would take us and we got this indoor soccer arena yeah. in 2020 but uh, yeah no no so the whole when we did that it was like okay that's great we can bring everybody to one spot but we started seeing that there was um, I have a friend named Darren Doan he's like people don't want to do the punk rock thing they don't want to play at all the small arenas. They want to play at all the back, you know, wherever you can. Play in the alley, right? I'll play in the alley. I'll play in your backyard. I'll play everywhere. It was also the same thing with hip-hop. Like, okay, I can't sell my tapes here at, at, at the store. Okay, well, then I'll go inside of the Target parking lot with the, with, yeah, with the truck of my car. Uh, tapes. At that time, it was tapes. Yeah, so these these things. I remember. You know it. I still have my Don Denver Christmas 8-track. You know what a tape is. So it's just basically doing that. Okay, so instead of just doing one big conference at the end of the year or maybe a summer conference and a, a winter conference, how about we just go and do the punk rock thing and play as many small places as we possibly can to help kind of build the the culture that's there and help equip people there and, and edify people in smaller places and uh, without fellowship and fellowship there. Yeah. So the conference was it's pretty unique what we do. We're probably one of the few Christian conferences that have beer and alcohol there, um, well, you know, and are fine for a play area with kids in the middle of the conference area. <laughs> and, and you try to project over the sound of the kids in the no, middle. Area. Well, yeah, believe me, I know how that works. And we sprinkle a little water. Oh, well, yeah, right. And, yeah. You know, they got a little bit system. The sprinklers. We got them. Like, we got them. Quick, quick. We got them. Uh, before James they gets here and dries them off. But yeah. we know better. <laughs> they're here. So that's what, the, that's what the tour has been, is to try and do smaller places. Um, tighter groups of people, more fellowship, um, more engagement with, um, instead of just yeah. being one time at the end of the year, you know? That's, you know, it's interesting because I hadn't thought about that, but that's a little bit like what I've been doing with my traveling. Yes. Right. Is one of the reasons that I'm uh, doing it the way that I'm doing it is I get to get into much smaller contexts where you can actually sit down and talk to people and yeah. Yeah, meet exactly. with the elders in a church yeah. and... And the stories that you hear yes. that you don't get to hear right. otherwise. I mean, I was in, I'll tell you one story. I was in a little church out somewhere in Montana. It was on the way to you guys uh, last July. It was for Grace Agenda. Oh, yeah. August. So, so, so you, July, you were. Right, right, right. So I was coming up from, from Colorado. Right. And I went up through Montana and I did the up and down yep. to, Mon, uh, to Moscow uh, route. And. I'm, I'm in a little church. It's got a heat wave going. Remember, yep. remember how warm it was. It was. It was. It was, it was really cooking. Just trying to be Arizona. It was. <laughs> it was attempting and not doing a good job at it. And uh, and smoky yes. at the same time. Yeah. Y'all were burning everything. A- anyways, uh, I'm I'm speaking at a, a church. They don't have air AC. Yeah. It's you know everyone's just you know doing this thing. Afterwards, this uh, this woman comes up to me, and she, we sit down in the front uh, the front pew. And she starts telling me a story about her son um, who had, uh, I won't go into all the details because I want to identify people, but make a long story short, uh, her, her son had been deeply influenced by Alpha Omega Ministries, uh, Apologia, so on and so forth, in a foreign country, had been brought to the Lord through our ministry in another country. And when she mentioned to him that I was going to be speaking, you've got to go, you've got to go see it. So here's a mom. Yeah. Of someone I've never even met right. that the Lord used our ministry to, to in yeah. this person's life. How often do you get a chance to yeah. actually you know talk with people like that and right. find out you know in the middle of Montana someplace? Yeah. Right. Um, and so 
you know, a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but you know, you, you flew 165,000 miles in 2019. You taught in Samara, Russia, and Durban, South Africa, and, and I, I will miss my overseas friends if what I'm thinking is coming is coming. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what we're trying to do is, while we have the opportunity here, and who knows, we've got $10 gas coming pretty soon, you're pulling a fifth wheel. You don't get really good gas mileage. Um, and, uh, but, you know, uh, that's, the idea is to, to, to see people face to face. It's one thing to have that person. I think I see that person I know real well down there at the podium. I'm not really sure. Right. Uh, it's totally different to sit down and break bread and, and do that kind of, thing, kind of thing. And so we have this little map where churches have written in, and they've said, hey, if you're traveling, it's a Tuesday night, yeah. and you, you're traveling through, and you've got time to spend an hour and a half with us. Um, we'll have you. We'll That's have nice. you. We'll, 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 we'll throw something together, and, and you can be dressed like this because you have been driving all day, and you know, you've got to get up the next morning and keep going and stuff. We get it. And that's how we've been doing it. That's great. And it's um, really the Underground uh, Railroad. That's what you're paving. It's it's, sort of, it's it's really I'm really really enjoying it because I've never in I've never wanted to be the. You know, I've I've spoken at some large conferences, but you'll notice there are a number of large conferences I've never spoken at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or been invited back to. Exactly. Exactly. You're, no, you're exactly right. And there are reasons for that. Um, I really, let's hear them. I hang, I hang with people <laughs> like you, first of all. That's, that's you mean what? Did you just give us that's the you mean what treatment? People like us. See how it feels now? Now you start to see how it feels, right? Now you know. Presbyterian? No. It's worse than that. I hate to tell you this, but there are some Presbyterians that aren't very happy with you all either. So I've heard. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think what I do scares people. Mm-hmm. They see the debates, mm-hmm. and they see debates in mosques, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, situations like that, and they figure this guy's, this guy's going into some really strange places, and I'm not really sure we necessarily want to have that kind of thing in our context, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but then I also I don't fit into any I don't fit into any box real neatly anymore, to be honest with you. Um, my own right now I'll, I'll be straight up front my own uh people uh many of them are wishing that i would go away that you all would just adopt me and and i and we're trying heard of uh, again <laughs> we're trying um, we're, we're trying uh, honestly <laughs> um and in fact because has has the sweater vest dialogue that, that doug and i did uh, called doubting thomas come out yet? because i haven't seen I haven't anything seen i haven't heard from jake or anything like that i'm not sure but when i was up there a few weeks ago um doug and i recorded a sweater vest dialogue have you seen any of the sweater vest dialogues that Doug and I've I seen do? One, one of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't ask us how we got the sweater vest thing going. I have no earthly <laughs> idea because when we do that in July here in Phoenix, that's just pure torture. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 we did one on on Thomism, the the rise of Thomism right, right now in a lot of Reformed circles. You guys in, in Presbyterian on the Presbyterian yep. side, yeah. and on the Reformed Baptist side, right? And a um, a fundamental pushback against presuppositionalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who last year would have said, "Oh yeah, Van Til, yay." Right. They're now going, "Oh no, Aquinas, Van Til, bad." Um, and they're calling wow. themselves former, former Vantillians and former uh, presuppositionalists. Post Vantillian. Post Vantillian. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff, strange stuff going on, and so I just don't really fit in real well almost mm-hmm. any place. And what's interesting though is, you, and you guys know this. Um, 
I can have relationships with people that we have disagreements over. I yeah, mean, no. Doug has literally not debated anyone as often as he's debated me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 In, in written and live form. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I love the guy. Yeah. yeah. And we can, if you had, if you had happened to bomb the taco time uh, in Moscow, in Moscow uh, a few weeks ago, there's there's Doug and I sitting there chowing down on our crispy meat burritos, just having a grand old time. Yeah. And people don't. I think that scares some people mm-hmm. because they've heard things about somebody. Sadly, because of social media, we judge people based upon what we've heard about them mm-hmm. rather than what they've yeah. actually said or done or the decades of life and ministry that they've, that they've put together, the consistency of their life, anything like that. I think this testifies <clears throat> to like the soft Christianity that we're being curated in. Mm. You know, no one wants to iron sharpens iron. No one wants that, that iron rubbing against iron. No one wants the hard faith. No one wants the hard rebuke. No the, but, this is, this is, but this is where people struggle to find the balance because you've got that. Yep. You, you need to have the iron sharpens iron. You need to have the ability to be around others who have different perspectives so you can learn, they can learn. Maybe you're both wrong and there's another direction you need to go in in a certain area, a certain understanding. Um, But then on the other side, we've got so much compromise and people just chucking the gospel under the bus. Where's the the balance point? Where's the balance point? And, you know, they'll they'll watch you guys and you guys will be going after uh, a certain topic when you went after the PCA guy. Um, Greg Johnson. Yeah, it was that two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, right at the beginning. You know where I listened to you guys doing that? I don't. I was, know. I was doing, I was doing. I can't believe you remember this. Factoid. <laughs> but it's you know, well, you know why? Because I, I remember exactly which hotel I was in in London. Wow. And so I'm listening in another context. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. to th- because <clears throat> you think of Moscow in the United States. Mm-hmm. But you translate what you guys were saying to London, mm-hmm. and you need to understand the people in London are looking at you guys like we could never have them say a word here mm-hmm. because of the cultural right. explosion that would result right. from the boldness of our speech or just the plainness of our speech. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, traveling has helped with that, mm-hmm. and. There's only certain churches overseas that would have me in because of that very reason. Mm-hmm. Because there's a fear that you're going to say stuff that you just need to understand. In our culture, we can't say those things. Right. We can't talk about that kind of stuff. And so we wonder about you know, Christianity in Finland or in Germany or in France and places like that. And we wonder, why isn't there more bold witness? Mm-hmm. And then you get there and you start realizing what the contexts are. But the thing that's exciting is a lot of those folks, they're listening to us. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're listening They're listening to you. They're listening to Cross yeah. Politics. They're listening to us. They're listening to Doug. They're listening to Apology of Studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're hearing and they're going, man, that's right. And then they're left with the tough job of going, and how do I mm. Communicate that within the context I'm in, mm-hmm. in a completely different culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know how good we really have it. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Even despite everything that's going on, right. we still don't have to run anywhere near the filter that people in, in the United Kingdom do. I mean, I've been on the Unbelievable Radio Broadcast with Justin Brierley yeah. uh, in, in London, I don't know, 16 <laughs> times, something. 
And I know Justin is always <laughs> his blood pressure. Just a little, <laughs> a little elevated. <laughs> a little elevated. Uh, I remember once we, we were doing a King James only show, and and it was only he and I in studio, and then the King James only guy was on uh, was on the on the phone, and the look on Justin's face was, please, <laughs> please. D- don't I know you could absolutely obliterate this guy, but please, for my sake. And and I'm I'm like okay okay yeah you know it's not a situation where there needs to be obliteration. You know <laughs> I, I get it I understand, yeah. but still there is that that cultural that cultural aspect. Mm. And so in a sense today, you've got, I've got, you've got, all of us who have a platform have a responsibility to be thinking through. I need to be faithful in saying what I need to say, but we're not just being heard by fellow Americans. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're being heard in a much wider context. We, we noticed that when we were first starting, and you and y'all you know, started uh, tracking where people were Australia uh, listening to us, and, and like yeah. was somebody in Turkey for a little uh, while. We're like, Who, who's in Turkey listening to us? Yep. And and then yeah, in the UK, and a number of people in Australia, New Zealand. Well, that's what's been so amazing about like podcasting in a lot of ways. Yes. It's like the Gutenberg Press 2.0. It is. Mm. And where we can record in our little piano shop studios where we started off at was above a piano shop. And we can record in this, you know, um, uh, remodeled room above a piano shop and it and that, that audio is getting to Indonesia, Australia, all these places. Right. And God, and God in his kindness is... Is using it. Is using it and everything. And yeah. sometimes... I I had this guy walk up to me in Las Vegas. And again, this is one of those situations where I'm traveling through. That's how I'm going to get where I'm going. And so we just set up a thing with a relatively small church. Got to know the elders there. They're young guys. Yeah. They're, they're they're listening to you. They're listening to Doug. They're listening to me. We're, we're really helping these folks. This guy comes up to me out of, out of the blue. And he's a young guy. And he says, um, I have been listening to you my entire life. Now, when you get my age, you start you, you start you start That's hearing you start, you start hearing this uh, more and more. You know, yeah. uh, he says, uh, says I've uh, I've learned so much from you. I I you, I listened to your entire uh, sermon series on Hebrews. Mm-hmm. I did that a number of years ago. I did eighty five sermons on Hebrews. Wow. He's from Uganda. Mm. Wow. Wow. And he wasn't the only one there. Mm-hmm. So there are churches in Uganda. Right. That are so looking for that kind of uh, of stuff that yeah. we've been. That's why we know the people on the other side want to get total control right. of the net yep. and of the ability to communicate because they know as long as we have the ability to get it out there, they can't stop it. You know, Doc, it's really interesting when you talk about us and apologia and kind of the boldness we have here in America. It's funny because our opponents don't have to be uh, or are not as chill. Mm. They are bold. They are in your face. And they are screaming. (laughs) Yes, they are. And so we come back with some pushback and all the people who are on the conservative or the Christian side are kind of like. And it's like, wait a second. They just took a knife, slit your throat. Stabbed you in the heart a few times, laughed over your body, and peed on you. Yeah. Okay. And you're you're mad that we're saying. And you said, wait, wait, wait. Right. 
What are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Is that really Christ-like? <laughs> what just happened here? <laughs> you know, and you're like, okay, let's help the guy out. Let's try to give some aid and stop the situation and solve the problem. And then the people who should be with us gathered around to say, okay, that was wrong. That shouldn't have been done. Prosecute that person. Are afraid of presenting the mm-hmm. um, the standard in that situation. And it's like, you know, we're not radical. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not radical. We're, we're just responding to what has happened. Yeah. And it's a weird position to be in. Right. Yeah. But, I, I always, always think of, I bring this up from time to time, but the book of Acts it just is, I think, a, a standing rebuke to a lot of what modern Christianity looks like. But you have, by my count, uh, 14 public disturbances in the book of Acts. One after Including stonings. Minor and major. Fourteen public disturbances. And and in thirteen of the fourteen, um, it's like Luke anticipates our response, which is like, oh no. What's it, what's the headline gonna be? Mm. You know? You know, Moscow man convicted of putting stickers on polls. Uh, on polls. And 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 the and the modern evangelical impulse of oh it's gonna be bad for our witness. Right. And in thirteen of those fourteen uh, instances, Luke follows up with, and three thousand were baptized. Right. And, and the, the Lord built his church. And the believers were greatly encouraged. Many leading women of the city believed. Hmm. And it's like thirteen of the fourteen times. And it's like Luke saying, look, this is how the gospel goes forth. This is how you win. Is the gospel collides with unbelief. There's a public disturbance, hmm. and you know. Paul's like one of those guys where it's like, uh, you know, there's going to be a mob, and Paul's like, you promise? <laughs> like, you mean there's going to be a huge crowd? Right there. Can I preach? Yeah. Hold on. I know you're going to take me back to jail, but I just can I preach to them for just a minute? Um, but Christians need to think of this as when you have the, you know, somebody gets knocked down, like that's the point at which you then you love your enemy. That's the point at which you you tell the truth, you preach the gospel, and it's not cringe, you know, wince. Oh no, there's been conflict. I mean, that's that's the very moment which the gospel shines. Yeah, yeah no, no trace about it. But we have that opportunity now and in so many different ways. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I remember years ago, <clears throat> I started giving the phrase, when I ever hear a young person say, I'm bored, my response to them was always, I haven't been bored since 1978. <laughs> there is no reason to be bored yeah. in this world yeah. as, a, as a Christian. You have mm-hmm. so much that you can and should be doing. And uh, you can always tell the people in your church, we all know you guys are involved in church leadership. Uh, the, the people that do the mo- most are going to be the people that you have to invest the least time into. Mm-hmm. And the people that you have to invest the least time into are going to be the people who complain and whine the most and aren't actually getting anything accomplished yeah. anyways. Yeah. That's, just how, that's just how it works <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. church. Yeah. And so the people that are active and, are, and are, are serving and they don't need you to be chasing them around, giving them a pat on the back constantly, uh, they're the people that just make your life wonderful yeah. and worthwhile. Uh, and it's the other folks that you know, end up spending, you know, sucking 20 hours out of, out of your day. Um, but anyway, the, the point being, there's so much, no matter what your gifting is. I mean, not, not everyone's gifted to, to do apologetics or debates or uh, cultural commentary or, or whatever. Um, but I, you know, yesterday I happened to pop by Summer's house. Uh, she had asked me, we have a homeschool thing right over here in the courtyard over here. They've, uh, I mean, homeschooling has exploded yes. so fast recently. Yeah. That there's now a whole place over here where they make homeschooling materials available, yeah. and we used to it used to be just me and Rich's vehicles in the parking lot, and, and now 
And, and the car thieves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it was underground. Uh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now uh, this all the all those cars out there pretty much just people with the homeschool stuff. So Interesting. She had asked me, "Do you have? Could you go over and find out if they have this? You know?" And so I went over and got what she needed. So I, I popped by. She was doing her uh, her book club thing with Sheologians. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I just think of of you know she's homeschooling. She's doing all this kind of stuff. We we can be so active every single day in building the kingdom, and it doesn't have to be the super fancy stuff. Sure, it's raising up those kids and giving them the foundation, and it's. But they need to they need to know. So you guys have let's let's. I wanted to read this. You guys have um, a completely mispronounced Greek name school up in Moscow. <laughs> Um, which I, oh, gosh. I absolutely <laughs> refuse to mispronounce. Lagos. Uh, Lagos. Um, uh, yeah, believe me, that's a slight mispronunciation. Um, those are two Omicrons. They cannot be pronounced in different ways. It has to be the Lagos or Logos. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I'll probably never be allowed to preach there again. <laughs> you, you all can continue to use our school, but he can't preach there. Uh, so I've already done that. We're not Baptists. We're uh, Presbyterians. We're way more open. What does that matter? Anyway. Well, we, we, we have a show called Cross Politics. I mean, what, you know, it's like... We make up. We, we like to make up our own words, or, or say our words the way we want to say them. You know, so logos. German would be if you know anything about German. Any of you guys speak any German? Germans love to make new words by just simply yeah. cramming yeah. all sorts of pre-existing yeah. words together into one really, 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 really yeah. big, yeah. long paragraph-sized word, and uh, that's that's a lot of fun to do. Anyway, uh, in the news, in the news right now is uh, this morning, uh, Al Mohler talked about this because it's in Louisville, Kentucky. I had seen this on the, the news, I don't know, a couple days ago, maybe, maybe Monday. Um, a Christian school, which has, and it's a Christian school that is very clear and open about being a Christian school. So in other words, you have to sign stuff. That's, statement of faith. Here's a statement of faith, and here's what's expected of students. This is what we believe about human sexuality and marriage. I mean, it's not like they're hiding any of right. this stuff or left it confusing or anything like that. They're very, very open about it. Um, in a middle school, so I guess this would be like 7th, 8th grade, somewhere around there. Uh, here's, here's the assignment. Uh, it's a screenshot of the assignment, okay? This is Worldview's essay on what are humans unit. So it's discussing hmm, what are human beings? Uh, what's, what's, what's humanity? Uh, here's, here's the essay. Write a letter to a friend of your same gender who is struggling, struggling with homosexuality. Assume that you have known this friend since kindergarten, and you go to the same church, and that you have been pretty good friends over the years until now. This friend is your same age. The aim of your letter should be to lovingly and compassionately speak true to the person you're talking to, in a way that does not approve of any sin. Instead, now in all caps, try to persuade them of the goodness of God's design for them. In at least eight sentences, that's really short, uh, try to show... Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, authors go, eight sentences, that's not even an introduction. In at least eight sentences, try to show the friend from the Bible, reason and your personal friendship... And then there's three subpoints: that God's design for them is good, that homosexuality will not bring them satisfaction, and that you love them even though you don't approve of their lifestyle. Now, I'll be honest with you. Whoever wrote this up covered all their bases. 
They really did. Yeah. I mean, how do you criticize that? But the explosion. They will find a way. Oh, they have. I just trying to find because I wanted to find the actual yeah. thing. I mean, I have I have、uh, Moeller's discussion of it, which had most of that stuff in there. But I wanted to find the actual assignment, and I had to weed through、mm. story after story after story of astonishing detestation of <laughs> the the fact that anyone could ever even think. To ask someone to do something like this, part of it being because someone who knows who has claimed that they have a student in the class that has been bothered,、uh, that has been troubled by this assignment. Okay, <laughs> is there nothing else at that school that they're troubled by?、Uh, there has to be a whole lot going on there, and we all know it.、Mm-hmm. But the the amazing cultural response is truly astonishing because I'm old enough to go when I was in school. It would have been the exact opposite of this.、Yep. That is, if anybody had done the reverse of this and had tried to do something positive about homosexuality in the public schools. I was not Christian school. Yeah. What year was that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just.、Uh, well, I would have started middle school in 1975. Okay.、Mm. Okay. And so.、Um, I, I came. I, I come out of a, a fundamentalist background, but it was a fundamentalist background where you you bought into the myth of neutrality. So there was no concept of the the conflict yeah, yeah. between、um, the Christian worldview and the state. The state the state was a a neutral actor that would never bother us about anything.、Mm-hmm. So you never even thought along those lines、mm-hmm. at all. And and you had a complete division. You had your secular life. And how you thought about things over there, and then your Christian life, and how you thought about things over there, and the two didn't really meet. Okay, so there's two things I appreciate about this assignment. One、yes. is that、um, it's a good way to clean house. It sounds like there was a kid that was bothered about the assignment in the, in the school, and so that's a good way to kind of.、Um, I'm not sure I, that's what they were looking for. It, I, it worked that way. It, it, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and this could identify some people that you might need to minister to, to a little more. Yeah, <laughs> true. In, in other words, and, and secondly,、um, I mean, what a great assignment for the kids to understand and not see that reaction. They should bring all that reaction that happened in the world、mm, into、yeah. that classroom. They should because they need to see. There's no argument happening. It's just it's, screaming. It's just screaming,、right. and it goes back to that that that. You know, the leftists are allowed to throw down, kill, stab, and and. Young people, and and um,、uh, but the conservatives aren't. But we're trying to either. And to show these, <laughs>、yeah. to show these eighth graders, hey, this is what it means to follow Jesus, and this is how the world responds, is irrational.、Right. And, and I mean, it's it's a great yep, yep. assignment given the context of what's going on. I think almost every Christian school in the states should glom onto this immediately, yeah. immediately, yes, and、yeah. go, okay, this is what we're this is what we're facing. This is what's coming for us. There's、yeah. there's nowhere to hide from this. And, and pastors need, should know what to be, pre- what they're going to be preaching on next Sunday. They should see this and be like, "Okay, I know what the Lord has given me to preach on this I mean, Sunday." <laughs> honestly, that assignment probably should go to some pastors because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the faith guys. Yeah, you want to know their answer. Yeah, but but but, but to your point, a couple of things that come to mind immediately. One, I think that is an excellent exercise in apologetics、mm-hmm. for, for kids that age. As I said, there are a lot of. Self-professed believers who could not answer that in eight sentences. The other thing I'll say is this: if the government schools and the secular schools were as open 
with respect to their theology, as that Christian school is with theirs, we may be in a very different place. Because if those schools put in their in their in their statement of faith, you know, we believe that um, there are multiple genders. None of us can say how many specifically, but definitely more than two. Um, we believe in sexual fluidity. We believe in so on. And just go down the line, and then tell parents sign off on it. Yeah. Then you would have a lot fewer parents up in arms. That's one. And as you said, um, a lot of it would allow a lot of parents to do the same thing that you were saying, which is say, you know what, this does not conform to my worldview. Even if they're not Christian, yeah. said, I don't want my third grader, fourth grader, eighth grader being indoctrinated into this particular lifestyle. Again, if you get school leadership, say it's 10 people, you ask them, how many genders are there? Put it on your little slip, fold it up, and put it in. You're going to get 10 different answers. So I I think um, one of the reasons that you see so many parents pushing back is because what the world has been doing, what the government schools have been doing, and even some private schools, is they've been operating in darkness and in secret. And when when it comes to light, this is the reaction that we're getting. So I, I would appreciate it more if they just said, look, this is what we believe. You know, your kid will be read to by a drag queen at some point in the next three years. Right. And if you're down with it, sign here. Right. Well, how many public school um, uh, homework assignments have we seen in the last year or two? Yeah. Um, uh, there's a uh, assignment I think came out of Canada, one of the public schools out of Canada, where it was a homework assignment um, going, telling a third grader to go home and basically masturbate. Right. Go, wow. You know, experience yourself. Mm-hmm. It was a homework assignment, writing it down, detailing, you know, yep. kind of stuff. And, of course, all the gender fluidity homework assignments yeah. that come out. And, and they're freaking out about this? Right. Well, they're freaking out about this because they believe that realm of, quote-unquote, public education is the temple yeah. Yeah. from which they're producing their next crop of priests. Mm. That's right. And that's why libs of TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. all they do is just simply reproduce what these people are actually yeah. saying. Right. In their own mouth. Uh, with their, their own, own mouth. Yeah. and. I, I don't know about you, but I try to avoid any libs of TikTok material before about noon each day. <laughs> because that's, pre- that's pretty much the end of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just sort of like, oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> no, how can this possibly be? I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm the old guy at the table, and I think back to my grandmother. There is no way on earth she could ever, ever, ever have imagined this yeah. nation yeah. doing the things this he never even thought about this stuff. It never even crossed but my we, mind. But unfortunately, though, I mean, you go back to the neutrality point that you made earlier. I mean, that's that's part of the problem, though, yeah. is that mm-hmm. for, for decades, you had piles of Christians who thought it was possible to be neutral. It, they weren't neutral even then. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, this, I mean, we started, I mean, talking about a statement of faith for government schools. I mean, um, decades before the sexuality stuff went um, nuts. The statement of faith would have said something like, we believe that everything that came into being came into being by accident, right, random right, chance, right, right. Um, through violence, survival of the fittest, which means anything can become anything. And if you kill and crush and destroy, probably that means you're winning. I mean, the worldview of Darwinism was accepted in government schools decades before, even while everyone was still tucking their shirts in and maybe even saying prayers at public school. The worldview had shifted and it was, and I mean, when you when you accept Darwinism into your heart, you I mean you you already lost you you already lost the whole thing, and and it's a direct 
consequent of that to, to say, say, of course, there can, there can be as many genders as you want. Why, why are you going to say there's only two? Right. You pick it? <laughs> Didn't you see that beautiful guitar duet by oh, oh, the... By the BioLogos guys. No. Uh, yesterday. No. It was, it, was Colin, it was Francis Collins and, who, and, and Phil Vischer. Phil Vischer. Mm-hmm. Veggie Toe. Veggie. No. It was horrible. Oh, was no. You haven't seen this? No. Oh, uh, I, it was. Can you pull it up? I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to. Then you wouldn't be a video. <laughs> but it was all about how, uh, you know, it, God has a brain and, you know, we, the Bible says, the Bible's not, a, the faith and science go together. You just have to read more you know, dialogue. Also. This is the same Francis Collins, of course, who approved yes, I know. Um, the use of fetal experimentation. Um, apparently also the same Francis Collins who also approved um, the work that they were doing on the viruses. Hmm. But he's a kind Christian man. That's what we've been told all along. Right. And so yeah. you see you're being radical again. See what happens when you're radical? Yeah. See, seriously, that's, that's the kind of pushback that you get right. when you try to point right. out that uh, someone at, at, at uh, Grace Agenda last year spoke on, uh, on Darwinism. Hmm. Gordon Wilson? Dr. Wilson? Probably. That was me. Come on, guys. Oh. Thanks a lot. That <laughs> <laughs> was memorable. Was it Toby or Dr. Wilson <laughs> or... Is it you, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were there. It is worse. It hurts worse when you can see that coming. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, now, if I had a chance to rewind that, I would have gotten the answer right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, somebody spoke about it because because you're exactly right. That's it. it there is a. Uh, well, let me. Where I wanted to go with this connects connects to that, and and that is that part of this issue was well, there's a student who has been offended. There's a student mm-hmm. who has been bothered by this. And Christian, confessing student, I assume. Evidently, I mean, they signed on. well, let's be honest. There are a lot of Christian schools that have a lot of students that are, yeah. they're there because their parents right. are hoping that the school will do what they're not doing at home. Mm. Sure, absolutely. Right. Let's, just, let's just be honest. But then I've, what did you I've sign up for? Christian schools, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Though I, I do have to, I do, and I hope he sees this. This was the, where we are right now was the school that I taught at. Hmm. It was just one year, and in fact, my first day of, of class was September 11th, 2001. Oh, wow. So we came, to, we came to school, and I remember looking at these students and saying, your, your entire futures have yeah. been fundamentally changed by what has happened. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I remember it very, very clearly. But I had a student in my Bible class. I taught a Bible class, and I, I had a student. And his name was Tony. And... Um, Man, he was, it was so hard. You know, when you're trying to do Bible and you just know you've got, you've got students that are just, Not into it. they're a million miles away. And one day I, I remember I was talking about something I thought was really important. And I could tell he had snuck earbuds into his ears and he's sitting back there listening to his CD player. And I, I stole the CD, CD player from him. He put it on, I guess it's some way you could, like lock it or something. It took me a while to figure out how to get to play so I could hear what it. And it was what was that horrible, really vile rapper's name? Um, he was, I mean, just <laughs> Delano. Delano, where you want to start from? Alphabetically, really. Um, 
he was a white guy. Um, Eminem. Okay. Let me stand out. It was an Eminem CD, and and the one the track that it was on was something about doing bad things to your mother and all this kind of stuff. Oh man, I lost it. Though every kid in that class remembers the day that James White lost it. And bad Bodie come out of you. Bad bad White came out. Bad Bodie came out of me, and I'm telling these kids. You don't understand what's coming at you. You did, did, and, and talking about worldview and, and all the rest of stuff. They remember it. Well, that kid, hmm. you know, I sort of lost track of him for a while. He ended up in the Marines. Hmm. In fact, he ended up as a Marines explosive ordnance specialist in Iraq, disarming bombs. Ooh, wow. Okay, and years later, he comes back, and guess what day he remembers wow. most clearly. And it had this huge impact. And now on Facebook, we, we communicate. He's a believer. And, Praise God. And he's been through all wow. this stuff. And so when you're in a Christian school and you run into a situation like that, and I was just like, please, do I? This is purgatory. It really, really, really is. But then years, you know, decades later, you go, wow, Lord knew what he was doing. I couldn't see it at the time. I couldn't see it at the time. Um, but it also tells you, don't hang back. I let them have it that day. Right. Yeah. I, I told them straight up what wow. they needed to hear, and it took a while, but... but it, 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 takes, it takes eyes of faith to, to see that, yeah. and like to see, like, this is an opportunity, and, you know, and a heightened opportunity. You know, like, and, and maybe in the moment, you're, you're frustrated or, or um, upset, but, um, but I hope it's the same thing with this Christian school in Kentucky. I mean, I hope, I hope the administration and the board there is thinking, oh, goody. Yeah. I hope, they're, I hope they're not freaking out. I mean, I haven't seen any response from them. How can we control the narrative? But I hope that they're thinking, this means God wants to bless our school. They ought to be doubling down. They ought to be saying, actually, we do these worldview studies every single year, and here's how to sign up. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like that's what they, they ought to be running an ad campaign on this yeah. now. Like, yeah. put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter. Yep, we do these worldview tests because we believe in human sexuality. We believe God created the heavens and the earth, male and female. Jesus died, rose again to make everything new. Like, they should just be jumping on this and lean into it. Don't be, don't be tentative. Don't say, ah, yeah, but we try to be really nice. As soon as you do that, they smell blood in the water, and the sharks are going to come. Yeah. That's the that's the tendency though that Christians have right. yeah. here in the United States and and we are much better at it than in much of the rest of Western right. like Western Europe and stuff like that. Except maybe a few bold folks in Poland and Hungary that are going, Hey, you're crazy. You know. But some of those guys. Part of part of what Pastor Toby's talking about is the idea of pursuit. Like, we don't have that in Christianity. Mm. We don't think about pursuit. We only have thought about defense. Right. Even our apologetic is based off just defense, but it's actually pursuit for the other person. Yeah. We're going to get you, right? We are coming into the jaws of hell and bringing you out, my dear. That's, that's, that's right. the whole point of the assignment. So right. they mean the assignment. Like, that's right. right. That's, that's why it's so good. You, you mean that Christ can deliver this friend mm. from that sin. That's right. And, and so you mean that, right? And then when they scream and howl and so on, you think, oh, Christ wants to give us even more. That's yeah. right. Christ wants to give right. us even more. And it only takes a few people to stand up. They're, right now, the light's on them, and they need to make that stand. There's a scene. Um, you guys ever seen Battle Los Angeles? 
No, Battle of Los Angeles. You gotta watch it. It's one of my favorite films. It's an old I don't film. Watch movies. I'm a Christian. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except for Francis Collins. <laughs> right. Exactly. Vegetables. <laughs> that was not. Give it. Give it a minute. Disney's gonna use it. Uh, but one of the parts at the end of the movie is this older guy who is kind of beat down, but he's still a good soldier. A lot of people die. They get to the end of the movie. They're successful. They win this battle. And everybody sets down their armor, their gun, and people start eating. And he grabs another magazine. Right. And he starts loading it. And they all start looking at him. He grabs, puts it in his case, grabs a grenade. Another person says, we're not done. Right. They all start getting up one after the other and start handing each other ammo and hand each other gear. And they start getting ready to go back out. And the general says, what are you guys doing? He's like, sir, we already had lunch. Mm. And they get back out there. And so one person, though, a group of people who are good fighters and good Christians, one person had to know to pursue. And that one person caused the whole platoon to stand up and get ready to engage. And and so my point is that pursuit is contagious. Mm-hmm. Having a backbone is contagious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's a this goes back to the beginning of the conversation we were having earlier with other Christians around the world who are looking like, wow, that's we couldn't do that here. Mm-hmm. It's contagious. It's going to bleed out. And if you're not doing that, then it yeah. won't ever reach that point where they start yeah. engaging. And the other as well. side knows that. And the, the other side, side, the other side knows that. Oh, that's yeah. why. That's, that's why that. you look on Twitter right now. They're pursuing them, and they are pursuing them like yeah. No, I mean, I, I think you all raised some some excellent points. I, I'll say this: this this may sound strange to some listeners, but one person who I think has been extremely influential in the way I think about pursuit is Dr. Ibram Kendi. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, not a scholarship because it's, I mean, fourth rate is, a, is, a, is too high of praise for him. But I would say he is the most consistent sort of courageous evangelist of his faith that we have in the country right now. He takes his his uh, is anti-racism faith, right? And, and he really does appropriate words that are said about Christ for his theory, yeah. Yeah. right? Racism is, is death and anti-racism is life. He takes that into every single level of government, it, it, to K through 12 education, college education, as someone who says that capitalism is, is sort of the evil twin of racism, he's still getting paid twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 to speak, right, for 45 minutes. He does it unapologetically. He can't even define his terms without circular logic. But he says, you know what? I have no shame. These people can't shame me. I just won't talk to them. Then I look at Christians, and, and many of us take the exact wrong lesson. We glom on to his theories, but don't understand his ways. Because when it comes time for us to speak the truth, the truth that we say we believe about the Bible... And we start to get timid, and you, yeah. it's, a, it's a death by a thousand caveats, and well, maybe, and uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> and for me, seeing him operate, I'm saying, if Kennedy can operate in the public square pushing a false gospel, come on now, I certainly can show up with the real thing. So, so that's why it doesn't matter where I go, who I talk to, what the issue is. If the Bible is speaking on it, and it speaks on on everything, right? Obviously, more specifically. To some some things than than, than others, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm bringing the word with me, and I'm I refuse to put down my sword. And and I heard this from Pastor Doug, I think it was either last week or the week before uh, on Blog and May Blog, when he talked about the way that the world uses shame. Yeah, right. right? Mm-hmm. 
And I think that is the thing that many Christians are most afraid of, is being shamed by people who hate our worldview, they hate our God, they hate our lifestyle. And that's one of the reasons that so many of us are, are afraid to speak is because we, we don't want to be shamed. Now, we don't mind being shamed or criticized by, by the MAGA, MAGA folks, right? That, that's not a problem. We welcome that. But when it comes to the Atlantic readers, when it comes to the elites, the elites then it's, oh, no, I can't say that because that would damage my witnesses. I'm like, no, say it. Say it with your chest stuck out. And, and once hearing him say that really made it crystallized to me. But I said, once you... When you get to the point where you don't care what they say about you, it's like the opening scene of Django Unchained. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Go off the cape. He's yeah. free. Yeah. So yeah. now you can. It's like, okay, you're going to hate me anyway. So. Right. Let's if, get it. If I was the principal of the school, the next day you go out and do a press release and um, speak to everybody and have get as much media as you can there and say, Jesus is king. You know, this is our school. This homework assignment is a really good homework assignment for our kids. And the next homework assignment, or the kids are going to write to the new White House press secretary and minister and present the gospel to her <laughs> and tell her to present of her home, rep, uh, repent of her homosexuality. And, and, and then, and then the third <laughs> assignment this week is they're going to write to President Biden, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much come on, man. I, mean, I know that's that's real. And they're going to present the gospel to him to repent of his uh, support of abortion. Yeah. And yeah. his idolatry for Catholicism. See, Rich Gabby, I said he got a little Joe Clark. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what Joe Clark. So from Lino and me, Lino he gets, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, thank you. He gets a school that has been like used to be a great school. It's a phenomenal school. He leaves and he comes back as the principal, and the school is fighting and drugs and all kinds of stuff no. going on. Yeah. So he changed the doors <laughs> and starts walking around the hallway with the bat, and the press come and say, "Oh." This guy's got a bat. He's running around the hall. He's changing the doors. He comes out on the front steps and says, y'all can call me Batman then. And it's like, you know, he's not taking any of this mess. None of the shame. I'm the principal. Press conference. And call me Batman. Let me show you. This is what we believe. This is what we hold to. That's right. We've got to understand. Lionel brought up Doug's talk about shame. I heard I was thinking about the exact same thing. It was going to bring it up as well. Because it's used, I remember so clearly when, remember back when California had Proposition 8? It seems like lifetimes mm. ago. Mm. Can you imagine that today? Think of that, how things have changed. Right. But, you know, say, uh, Prop 8, say no to hate and all the rest of this kind of stuff. But I remember clearly videos of them staying around chanting, shame, shame, shame yes. on anyone who would vote for, uh, for that proposition. And I thought about then, and it, it's something we've, we have to recognize, and, and Doug specifically mentioned it in that blog and May blog article, and that is shame is dependent upon how you understand who you are. Right. And shame has to come, you have to be ashamed in front of someone. And the old way was you are first and foremost ashamed in front of your creator hmm. because of what you have done. Yep. You recognize that you have been created to be something, <coughs> and you have fallen short of that. Mm-hmm. Once you believe you are a cosmic accident, then shame can only be an artificial construct of yep. whatever you choose to make your ultimate authority. Mm. And so for Christians, we, we should be very clear to our kids in, in homeschool, in Christian schools, whatever it is, there is, there is a reason to avoid 
shaming yourself before God and before his people. But the reason for that is you're made in his image mm. and you have, you have made covenant with him by saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. Mm. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so there is reason for us to experience shame when we know in our, our hearts that we have taken what God has given to us and we've wasted it and so on and so forth. But what we need to be able to do is explain to other people what, what shames them, because they're made in the image of God too. I don't know if you guys saw it, because it just came out yesterday. Mm. But uh, Apologia posted a video yesterday. Jeff, Jeff, yeah. Jeff and Luke out, at, yeah. uh, out in Louisiana uh, at a, on a university campus. Yeah. And you listen, and it's not the only one that does this, obviously, but that was just the most recent one. You listen to these young people. Mm. And my heart breaks for them, first of all. My heart breaks for young people today that have been raised in secularism. Their, their transcendent value has been stolen from them. Yeah, mm. yep. they've been robbed. The, the, right. there, is, there, is something, there is something good and right about being the creature of God and learning to think in a clear and logical fashion in honor of your God and recognizing that you live in this world that he has made and you're thinking God's thoughts after him. It's so elevating and so... It, 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 they don't have any of that. No. They don't have any of that. It's been stolen from them. Mm. And the boldness that, that Jeff had to be able to take their words, because they're still made in the image of God. Right. 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 Let any person talk long enough and they are going to hand you all the rope that you need to tie them up with a bow mm-hmm. That's right. uh, in their incoherence and their yep. inconsistency. That's right. I think they're handing you that rope to rescue them personally. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. 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 Tie them up so they won't continue yeah. going the direction Drag they're going. Me out of here. Yeah. Right, exactly right. right. So, so but, but they don't have that. And yeah. to hear them just, just shaming themselves, defaming themselves yeah. by, by, by the words that they were using and the absurdities that they were coming to, it's just so sad to see. Our people should be prepared. Assignments like this are good. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't just be the middle schoolers. It Correct. should be the pastors. Yeah. and every, every, It should be being done the everywhere. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong in preparing to give an answer. Right. You know, people say, oh, well, don't, don't give any thought. because That's talking about persecution in a specific context. Right. Thinking through how you're going to respond to specific Accusations, and we know exactly what they're going to be today. It's yep. the, yeah. None of us have any excuse. They, they all went to the they all went to the same catechism class. <laughs> right, they, they all did. say the same they, things. They, they did. There's no reason for us to be going. Oh, I never really thought about yeah. that before. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Yes. You, it's it's around yeah. you all the time. We need to be prepared, and then we need to explain to other people why they should be ashamed. At saying the things that they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. When when right. when that when that um woman. Yesterday, I don't know what she was yeah. being examined yeah, for. Yeah, in yeah. the in the, but but that guy, he did he, he used the same argumentation that we use all the time, where you go from the two year old to the six month old. Oh, this is in the congressional to, to the hearing. Con- congressional hearing, yeah. and then asks her because she's, I I actually looked her up online, and she spent her entire life promoting abortion. Yeah. That's wow. all she's ever done. Wow. That, I mean, that is her world. Was that Amy Abreed? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so when she is asked. Can you logically explain to me yeah, the difference the difference in being here and being eight inches over here? Right. She has no response. Mm-hmm. This is a woman who is, 
her entire education is this field, mm-hmm. and she has no response because there is no response. Right, it's yeah. an irrational worldview. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and there should be shame associated with that. Yeah. There really should be. Yeah. But the other side, hey, if you have a secular worldview, why should, why should stardust, but part why should fizzing chemicals right. ever worry about being shamed? Right after the SCOTUS leak of the, you know, of the right. draft mm-hmm. opinion uh, by Alito, the potentially overturning Roe, and the protests, I think it was outside of Supreme Court, um, I, you guys saw the one sign maybe with the, the, I think it was a woman that said, I wish my mom had aborted. Yes. Yes. Younger, a younger girl. I mean, talk, I mean, talk about the, the shaming. It's sort of like, it, it, it's, it's completely, it's self-destructive, mm-hmm. self, um, uh, just maligning mm-hmm. and, and so on. And yeah, I think, I think, yeah, your heart goes out to them. And, but that's, that is the, that is the logical end mm-hmm. of of the whole worldview of that whole religion it really is i, I you know i i would have rather been aborted and it, wow. it destroys everything too so she's dishonoring her parents in that same moment right now. Yeah. she's you know all, all dishonoring everything, everything. Yeah, the, all of humanity is gone these she has no parents right right, right. It, yeah the, the very term parent doesn't have any right, with the, right. No, that's yeah. exactly right. humanity we were, this is what part of what we're going to talk about tonight but yeah. part of what's been robbed from people are being human yeah. And so what they're getting, what the way they're acting and what they're believing, this false theology is they're becoming zombies. You know, mm-hmm. Amy, one of the most interesting thing, I'm not, I'm sure that she's a believer of her worldview, the secular worldview, but she's also a hostage. When you watch her answer it, she knows she can't, I've heard you talk about this a lot before. These people know their catechism and they know what they can't answer. Correct. Oh, this is like the, the red dot. The, 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 the girl uh, that just got um, confirmed for the new Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. You, know, what, what, you need to find a woman. Like, same thing. And you're like, you just see the red dot. There's like, a red dot there. Be careful. Be That's careful right. what you say. Yeah. Right. And so they know what they can and can't say. Then they're also believers. She knows. The, the one of the things that we can always go to is that although they knew God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. mm-hmm. So we know that she knows. And that's why we're shocked because we know that she knows this. Yeah. But we also see the red dot on her head. Yeah. And she feels the heat of that. Mm-hmm. And so she's choosing to reject. And, that, and that's back to the power of shame again. There's, there's a whole shaming culture on, on the left, too. It's like, you better not oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Don't, oh, yeah. Keep in the narrative. Yes. Yeah. Protect our backs. We got a, we got a plan. And yeah. don't you dare step outside that. Yeah. You know, we, one of the things that I've, I've been working through, especially since shame is such a big thing, is trying to teach my kids the right type of shame. Correct. So I don't let... Um, my children shame each other to do things. Right. Mm. You shall not move when they use shame to get you to do something. Mm-hmm. Won't, you know, won't somebody feel bad for this? Somebody, no, 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 no. You're not using shame to get somebody to do the dishes. Because it's manipulation. Right. You only use shame when someone has defied God's standard. Mm-hmm. God made you. He made you in his image. You are not modeling the Imago Dei. Yeah. Right? And then what you do with that shame is you tell that person how to get rid of it. Right. You don't use shame to manipulate them to get to do something. You show them where to take their shame. Right. Yeah. So you need to repent because you're not modeling what God has designed you for. So take that shame to the feet of the cross, to the foot of the cross, and then go do the thing you need to go do. And so like, there is a shame there, but they're using this shame in order to manipulate you. 
And part of it, the reason it works is because we use shame to disciple and raise our own kids, to get them to do things around the house. How do you think that makes me feel? Right. There is is waiting for this. Do not say that. Exactly. But they're primed for a certain type of shame. And I want my kids to have a certain shield up for one shame mm-hmm. and then a soft heart for the for other. Right, right, right. right, right. And so, and not I that's a hard witch. balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. is a hard balance. But, when, but we, have a, we are not out here in, floating in space. We have hard standards mm-hmm. from a loving God who gives us laws so that we become like him. These laws make us more human. <laughs> they don't detract yeah, from yeah. that. Right. right? I mean, and another, another area this, this comes up, because, you know, with this identity-obsessed culture, it's... Um, it's gender, sexuality, and race. Those are the two main idols. I'm thinking about all of the pastors who spent 2020 trying to get their congregants, black, white, Chinese, or candy stripe, to utter the, the three magic words, black lives matter. Yeah, right? yeah. And if you don't say this, you're complicit in racism and so on and so on and so forth. And then again, two years later, as I knew, as many people knew that it would, it comes out like this is a complete scamtastic organization, yeah. right? Where the founders are paying the father their children. I didn't even know she had a baby daddy, but right. that's a different question. But anyone who, again, if, if you're a Christian, you have a biblical worldview, and you have this organization here, and your, script, and your Bible here, you need to know which one is the ruler and which one is the crooked stick. So if you go to an organization's website and they say they're against police brutality and all this other stuff, and they don't mention police brutality, violence, boy, man, any of those words, you should. Say, but they do mention that they're trans affirming, they're against the nuclear family, they're queer affirming, they're woman centered. You should start to ask yourself, what is this organization actually for, and what am I promoting to in my church if I tell the people who who come there? Right. That they have to support this, and and to me, th- that that is a reason. I, I hope many of these 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 elders, these leaders, these theologians, come to a place of repentance and say, you know what, we tried to bind your conscience. We were wrong, right? Mm. First, of all, we, we should repent. first repent yeah. to a, a loving and forgiving God, because we we tried to accomplish uh, reconciliation. Outside of what the scripture, the pathway the scripture has already given us, but I mean it. For me, I, I you know I I try not to gloat and say, look, I told I told you guys these people were scammers, but it, it was easy to see. But but again, when you put on you know the lenses of culture and you set aside your your, your Bible, you're always going to end end up in these types of situations. And it's, and, it's, and again, it's shaming even mm-hmm. with the race stuff because it's like and and whether it's there have been real. Uh, racial, racial sins or not, mm. um, it, you know, it's it, that's the it's, again, it's it's a hook to to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. But biblical shame is always driving you to the cross. Mm. Right. Biblical shame for real sin, it's sin that you can define in the Bible, not this vague, uh, you know, sense of I just feel bad. That that's from the devil for things that you did. Yeah, yeah, things right. that you did that you can do something about that you can repent of. Take it to the cross, be forgiven, be cleansed, and walk. Free, mm. walk free. If it doesn't end in walking free with your head held high and that chest out, mm. you talked about that earlier. Why can't the Christian church stick his chest out? Well, in a godly way. Yeah. Part of it is because it's covered in shame. Well, you got to remember the whole point of the shame is to make you ashamed of the gospel. That's right. Because the gospel, this is a scandal. 
That's, right. That's where the scandal is. Mm-hmm. Because you look at it, and it's like Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power of God is salvation, right? right? So part of what they, they really want is for you not to believe that your sins can really be forgiven and mm. there's no ties left on you. That's it. That's, yeah. and, and it's finished. And it's finished. No, no, it can't be that scandalous, right? <laughs> like, it, no, no, you should be ashamed of that, that a slave and a slave master can actually be in fellowship with each other and be forgiven of their sins, both of them, right? Yep. What? Right. No, in church? No, it's not possible, you know? Yeah. The beauty of the gospel is a scan on that's the thing they want you to be ashamed of, true freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we got to say, no, no, no. Here's a real freedom right here. You can have your sins forgiven, yeah. not held against you, yeah. and live in fellowship with people that you once had animosity with, yeah. right? Without anybody feeling like that, you know, hey, uh, this is owed to me, and this is how long it's owed to me. You guys were telling me the story of a friend of ours oh, earlier yeah. who, so good. Who, uh, oh, okay. who met a woman who was divorced. At a casino, and and leads this woman to the Lord, mm. uh, marries her, adopts her three kids, and then starts discipling her ex husband. Oh, wow! Who then comes to the Lord and now joins their church. Wow! Mm-hmm. Like that's what the gospel does. Yeah. But here's the thing: here's the thing. If the, when the gospel does that, because it's the power of God into salvation, it puts statism out of business. Because mm. yeah. statism wants to be the eternal savior. That's why yes. you have to have eternal guilt and eternal shame because you've got to have another government program. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to give us some more money, bring your offering mm-hmm. in the form of taxes. But there can never be any redemption. And there can never be any redemption because if there were redemption, then we'd be out of business. Yeah. And that's what Jesus came to do. Yeah. I mean, he came to put you know ninety five percent of the state out of business. You can have a sword, and you can you can punish evildoers. That's it. Yeah, and no then, government, yeah that's, that's it. And that's the reality of the new kingdom is that there's actually true forgiveness. Right. Right? Yeah. That, so that's why this you see this war not just in churches. But all the way up to the civil side of it, because it's a kingdom fight, right? <laughs> we're, and we're saying the economy of the new kingdom is forgiveness, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, tell me, what's going on tonight? We just had, we just talked about it. That's basically, <laughs> that's basically <laughs> it. We're just going to replay this tonight. Well, a lot of the reason why I think, but, but Jeff's not here, so that, that doesn't. Okay, that's true. That's, that's true. true. A lot of the reason why we started Cross Politics is because we believe the church uh, was not discipling its people on how to apply the Bible to politics and culture. I mean, like, actually having these kind of conversations. Yes, absolutely. Actually, how to apply it. And so the church has lost a lot of its own liberty, Um, uh, not just through, uh, we've lost a lot of civil liberties, but we've also lost our ability to have, I think, um, liberating conversations, Mm. liberating gospel conversations, but liberating Conversations where we disagree heavily in the church and we still love each other. Amen. Um, Amen. And so we, we wanted to kind of talk about the five stones of true freedom, of true liberty. Um, and we're going to be very specific and very um, hopefully kind of map out what it means to look like to be a church and to be a people and to be a family who have freedom over the next 50 so, years because we're in trouble. So often, I think conservatives, one of the things we want to talk about is the fact that um, conservatives, conservative Christians are frequently constantly on their heels, only reacting. Yes. Yeah. The left knows they can keep us distracted constantly because they'll do things like this. They'll bring out a perfectly normal middle school Christian school assignment. I guess totally normal. And they're going to freak out and try to distract a bunch of Christians and usually get them to bump off a little mm-hmm. bit. They'll, they'll soften it, the lesson, mm-hmm. they'll kind of apologize. We want to be winsome, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's distracting, and it's distracting from the real work of. The kingdom, um, and and Christian, what we want to try to do is recenter the conversation and say, actually, we got work to do. Jesus gave us 
um, instructions. We need to disciple the nations. We need to teach them everything that he, he taught. And we've picked out five things. We're calling it the five stones of, of freedom, five stones of liberty, um, that we think are at the top of the list um, of things that Jesus has given us to do. And as, as we're faithful in those things, it builds Christian culture. Mm. And and we have to be faithful at that. And there's a certain part of you know, there's a place to answer the fool. You know, there is a place to That's do right. that. And we, we talk about it and we answer the fool. But there's a certain part of you that also needs to not be bothered. Mm-hmm. Let, them, let them hair, just, let their hair just be on fire. Yeah, let, let, let the lift, left yeah. shriek and, and scream, yeah. and we have to be busy with what God's told us to do mm. in building Christian culture. Now I know where this place is. Well, I, I've not been there, but I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, I ride my bike by there. At least I used to. It's sad. Uh, I used to ride out there all the time, and it's a good distance from here. So that would be about a 100 kilometer round trip. Uh, out there. What's a kilometer? <laughs> okay, it would be a sixty. It would be a sixty-two mile round trip. Oh, Thank you. okay. okay. You ride your bike for sixty-two um, miles. So, anyway, um, it's it's a nice area uh, out there. The only reason I haven't been out there for quite some time is sad. Um, uh, Phoenix, uh, our our mayor is a World Economic Forum. Uh, like like Trudeau uh, graduate uh, type thing, uh, and so um, I used to. I've I've ridden literally thousands of miles along the Arizona Canal. That's how I can get out to places where I can get onto safer roads to get farther out and things mm-hmm. like that. I can't do it anymore. Um, tent cities, uh, oh, the, wow. all the underpasses wow. are filled with uh, drug addicts and needles, and they smell of sewers, mm, and they don't clean them out anymore. Wow. And, Years ago, they used to go through there and, and clean people out, and they don't do it anymore because um, our, we, our mayor is part of Let's Destroy the City. And um, wow. so I haven't been out there for probably about two years now, but it's a, it's a beautiful part of the valley, and it's actually slightly cooler. Uh, than, yeah, uh, than oh, down knows, I was a noticing A little bit that. higher up yeah. than, uh, than yep. we are here. And so are people still able to uh, come? Or, or oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, they can go to fightlefties.com, click on shop, and... They okay. can still buy tickets up, okay. up to the up just, to just yeah, cause, twenty bucks. Yeah, because yeah, Jeff and I are sort of like, what are we doing? We're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we like it that way. Delano, do you know what you're doing? You don't know what you're doing, do you, Delano? He has no idea. He just he just jumped in there. You just hang with Jeff and I because we're clueless. Whatever. We're gonna have a good time. No, that's that's for sure. And that'll be that'll be in just a matter of hours. Actually, about is it seven o'clock? Yeah, seven o'clock. I know there's a Baptist podcast, but there's gonna be plenty plenty of beer. Wine and uh, we have some food there too, right? Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're we're gonna, gonna sing songs, right? We're gonna yeah, sing we're some gonna songs, sing songs, yeah. Beer and songs, and, one of the things and we're gonna I have some whiskey for us on the stage. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you don't do whiskey, do you? Do you He's like, no one will know what's in my cup. If I recall, on Man Rampant, there was a uh, there was a bottle over there, and and Doug did did uh, partake, and you'll notice that you never sipped. I no, I didn't, and. and, and Primarily because I just it, I can't stand the taste of it. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. But I'm, I'm post mill. You'll go into it. Yeah, yeah. So seven o'clock, Raining Grace Ranch. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, it's right at the beginning of. There's a there's a road. Um, what's what's the name of that road? Starts the D. Um, anyways, it's it's a nine mile hill that goes out toward the Rio Verde yes. uh, River. I can't remember the road, but and. Yeah, it's uh, it's right at the tip of my tongue, uh, and anyways, uh, no, no, no. My uh, my my big recollection of that is I was in a, a bike race back in the '90s down that hill, 
and there was a whole pack right on my tail, and we're doing we're doing like 35 miles per hour on bikes. Wow. And we got down to the bottom, and we turned right, mm. and about 10 yards later, my front tire exploded. Oh. Now, of course, we had slowed down because we're now going around the corner, and, and you know. But if that had gone on that yeah, on hill the, yeah. with about 20 guys behind me doing oh, 35 oh, miles per hour, bike pile on Dr. White. Oh, yeah. it would have been really, really ugly. Um, oh. But yeah, that you, that area out there used to be wide open, just desert, and it's just, that's unfortunately just, that's why I don't ride bicycles. Uh, <laughs> really? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's the, yeah, I'm sure that's the primary reason. Yeah. 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 Is, is a lot of <laughs> I don't mind. I know. 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 I I Listening to books and books and books and books and debates yeah. and debates and debates and that's yeah. how I do my prep is, yeah. is on the back of it. Now, unfortunately, it's inside my house more, um, uh, but it's a lot safer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know. So I'm I'm pressing on. Don't go as fast as I used to. Yeah. But if you all would like to to do a live uh, uh, cross politics show, like uh, I think it's August twentieth. I'm doing the triple bypass bike ride. In uh, it's from you have every, surgery and, uh, and, the, and a bike ride, ride. <laughs> same time, same time. Uh, they do the surgery while you're riding. Um, wow, actually, it is, uh, it is you go over three passes, which is why it's called the yeah. triple bypass. You go over um, uh, the first one is Juniper Pass, which is 11,100 feet above sea. Is it here in Arizona? It's in uh, Colorado. You okay. go from Evergreen, Colorado to Avon, Colorado. Okay, so you ride 120 miles in one day. And you climb 10,500 feet during that ride. Ooh. The lowest you ever are is 7,500 feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the highest is Loveland Pass at 11,990. So oh, yeah. it's about 12,000 feet above yeah. sea level. I've driven through there. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's some of those beautiful places you know, on Earth. So if you guys would like to you know, uh, come along and you can... We can we can do interviews, you know, at each top of the top of each pass, you know, and uh, we you, get a motorcycle and follow him. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, Dave is yeah, on the yeah. back with a camera. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be on my back is an oxygen tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually went into hypothermia uh, coming down the first one a couple of years ago. Wow. I mean, I was shaking so much I could not control the bike. Wow. And that was dangerous. Mm. And they've moved it a month back now, so it's going to be about ten degrees colder. Uh-huh. than it was initially because of COVID. And uh, I don't know why that has anything to do with it, but I'm a little nervous about it. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting older. My I don't ride as fast as I used to, but I'm still going to try to try to get through it. So uh, you all come well, on, on out. You. you all come on out and, and uh, you know meet me at the end. You know, we're gonna that would be the only time you'd have a chance to beat me at uh, Pado, the Pado Baptism. Debate. <laughs> 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 when when, 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 when he's in hypothermia. I don't know what I'm doing. Just burn 4,500 calories in 120 miles. That's your only shot. You know what? So you know we're going to a daily show now, right? Uh, Cross politics is going to be starting May 30th. Really? So it might be really fun to say, where is Dr. White at? That's right. During that's the right. Week, like, so if, you, if you want to work that out, we'll work it out where I can, I can use this and come in via Zoom. <laughs> and I'll, ha- I'll ha- be holding it up, and here will be this beautiful 
vista of mountains be behind yeah, me. Let's do that. That and, sounds like and fun. I'll be in my helmet and my sunglasses, and yeah, yeah. we'll we'll do the. We'll take is, bets on where's he going to be at, and I yeah. I will be doing so much riding between now and then that that would work. Let's that do it. Really let's work. Could you That'd use that fun. trip to raise money for Cross Baltic? <laughs> I can use that trick raise money for something. Rich is over there going, now wait a minute here. <laughs> this is getting confusing. So, uh, anyways, guys, we've gone an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. Thank you. Uh, it's hard, yeah, to, well, hard to realize that. But, Thanks for having uh, us. Thank you, man. It's yeah. been great it's to, honor, uh, to have you all here to sort of, um, like I said, I think this is, have we had? We've never had. Well, I know no, we've never had this many microphones, wait. but have we had anybody else in here with me, or has it always been on the screen? Well, there was Oscar and... That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. I don't know if you guys saw the, the two deacons from Apologia that did the debate with the Mormons. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Oscar and Daniel, uh, they did a great job. It's so exciting to see... You hosted that the, debate. The next, yeah, I, I, I moderated the yeah. debate. Uh, it's so gr- great to see the next... Uh, generation. Generation yeah. coming up. You that's know, awesome. And, and especially Oscar, I don't know if you saw it, but he's a former Black Hebrew Israelite. Yeah, mm, and it was really. my it was, it was my yeah, debate yeah. with Elder Raka that got he and his wife going. Uh, uh-oh. Like, what wait a second. was that? And that that was what started the, the wow. process. Oh, praise God! Yeah, that that oh, debate that debate rocked the Black Hebrew Israelite world. Neat. It really wow. really did. And yeah. I didn't even. I, I, yeah. yeah. I was just like, literally, I was going to ride on Mount Lemmon. And I was listening to Elder Raka doing a debate with somebody else, mm-hmm. and I'm like. That argumentation really stinks. Oh my goodness! Uh, Come on, let's let, let, let's do it, yeah. and that's that's how it got set up. Yeah. And again, that's just the testimony, though, to like the willingness to just stand, yeah. 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 the, the willingness to tell the truth, to not be ashamed of the gospel, not be ashamed of the truth, and then God uses it. And I think that's a you know, thank you for your yeah. faithfulness. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think that's a wonderful example to all of us, and just just. Just stand firm. Yeah. Put your chest out. Trust in Jesus. It's been, um, it's been great to be working with you guys. Great to be up in Moscow. Um, uh, Doug did say that the next time he and I are finally going to do the textual stuff that we've been uh, oh. uh, we've been talking about uh, for a while. In fact, it's at Sabbath dinner, uh, he and I spent uh, I don't know how much time. Everybody just sort of gathered around. We started sort of. It wasn't a mini debate, but it was just a discussion about what's going on and stuff like that. Pulling all the pieces out. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was um, it was really, really an enjoyable, uh, enjoyable time. It really was. Very good. Did you hear that? I that I brought my my solar scope up. Yeah, I, you told us. You told us. I heard. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have told us on. Well, I brought, but I brought, I brought, I had it for Sabbath dinner too. So yeah. all the kids are running out. Oh, we're, nice. look, we're literally looking at the surface of the sun. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, man. Not too many people have solar scopes. Right. In fact, I have one. It's 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 here. It's in the other room. That's really what I'm about. I want to see the surface. One of, one of my favorite uh, pictures of Trump is him looking up at the solar. <laughs> <laughs> he can do that. Not everybody oh, can do that. Mad. He can look at the eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important to have a hydrogen alpha solar scope to do that appropriately. But um, yeah, it was it was so much fun. Yeah. Because I brought it up for the Canon guys, basically. Yeah, really? And I just brought everybody out of the yeah, Canon, and yeah. they're all, they weren't getting any work done because we're staring, yeah, staring at the, the sun. Yeah. How did you come to my city and bring all the stuff for the Canon guys? Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? Well, well thanks for being I, a, I inv- You came on the show, I mean, but that's good, I guess. You didn't bring yeah, me no gifts. Well, but, I, you know. I even took it over to Doug's house. See? So, see what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, he come to my house. I told him to go hang out at Taco Time. You was hanging with Marcus at Taco Time. Marcus! Marcus! 
sorry. That's funny. But anyway. That's funny. Hey, guys, thanks a lot for being on. Thank it has you. been a blast, Thank and we you. will see you all guys this evening. Thanks, everyone, for watching The Dividing Line today, wherever the camera is over here, whatever. <laughs> thanks, Rich, for making it all work. We will see you next time. God bless. Hey.